When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey gang, welcome to Marriage Therapy Radio. This is Zach. I'm here with Laura. I just got out of therapy. My mind is reeling. Um, but uh, we have an interesting topic today. We have uh, both of us found that we've been working with couples who work together, which is kind of a big deal. It creates a unique dynamic and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Stick around. Good morning. Good afternoon. And Hi. Good night. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a Truman Show quote. That's right. Yeah. He so says, good. Uh, good morning. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening and good night. So I kind of want to be that person, like the the dorky like waver that waves at all the cars when you drive by and you're just like so happy. Do you wave at people when you drive by like people you don't know? No, I don't. I was thinking today, actually, that you kind of already that are that person. Um, sort of happy go lucky. Yeah. What was I thinking about? It came up in therapy. You With came up me? in therapy. I came yeah. up in therapy. Yeah, of oh. course. <laughs> oh no. Um, no. Yeah, man, I'm reeling. I just got out. Like, uh, what was it? Like 20 minutes ago. Yeah. So my brain is exploding. Do you need a cookie? No. Like Going to come down, bring you down off of therapy. No, more like this a cocktail. Is, this is a female therapist that you're working with. Yeah. And you yeah. see her once a week. I do. In fact, I was, I was driving over there this morning going, maybe I'm going to go down to every other week, but then she beat me up again. And I was like, mm, nope. no, see you next week. <laughs> what is that? Okay. So what does it mean to get beat up in therapy? Is she I, just it's the wrong word. It's the wrong word. She just really gets me and she's so good. And she, um, <laughs> so good. She just, I mean, she, I, I, I put a lot of work into finding a therapist that I was going to be successful with. And, yeah. um, and I found her and I, I just really appreciate what she offers me. And it's always a surprise because I did. I walked in today like a lot of people do. I mean, people come into our offices and say, I'm not sure what I want to talk about today. Right. Um, yeah. And so I walked in today with no idea. And I'm probably now, feeling like you didn't necessarily need it. And yeah. then and then she unraveled a whole lot, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I feel like therapy is heading my way. Um, my my family, I mean, I won't give away too much, but my family's just now starting therapy and they've never been therapy going people. And mm-hmm. so I get probably as like the resident therapist, I get like little updates on what they're learning about themselves, and what they're working on. And I just kind of feel like I'm staring down the road at probably a lot of money and time. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Like it's a, it's like, I know it's coming. I know it's it's necessary, but I'm just not ready yet. I'm going to screw my kid up just a little bit before I go in for therapy on, you know, myself. Well, for what it's worth, I haven't regretted $1 or one minute. Um, except that her, her sessions are an hour long. Mine are 50, 50 minutes long. So I have this itching. 
I have this like tolerance for 50 minutes worth of uh, like conversation. <laughs> yeah. And then about, <laughs> and then I'm like, is it time? Is it time? Is it time? Can I leave? Can I leave? Can I leave? <laughs> you know? I'm so curious what you're talking to your therapist about me uh, uh, about. Are you going to share with me maybe after the podcast? <laughs> maybe. I think you probably maybe. have an idea. But. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man. Anyway. So, um, here's something that I was thinking about that I wanted to I wanted to address. One, because I have some couples that are going through this. Two, another podcast that I really like was talking about this topic. And, um, and I think it would be really helpful. So I'm going to set it up. So I have couples and they are in business with one another. What? What? Oh, nothing. Just thinking about two people who have like a really, really strong friendship or relationship and are also in business with one another. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. Let's talk about that. What, two people <laughs> who are friends and in business with one another, but not yeah. necessarily married. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. For healing. It's an ever evolving. Oh, hold on. Let's just do therapy on ourselves for a moment. Okay. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Okay. Zach and I should probably go to couples therapy. No. We probably should. Yeah, yes, we should. Yeah. Maybe. To heal. Jason wants to be our therapist, by the way. Does he? Yeah. What would Jason say? Would he get know. us in the room and strengthen? So here's here's how two therapists, when they have a fight, here's how they heal it. They send a bunch of emails back and forth. And then eventually they come up with a solution, which is let's go have many beers together. <laughs> and that will heal the next time you're in town. Yeah. Next time you're in town. So I will prepare, I will get my tolerance up to come hang out with you so we can heal the wound that is our friendship right now. Okay. Okay. Elephant has been discussed. Right We're going to be fine, guys, by the way. Mom and dad are not going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay. So yeah. Uh, couples who are in relationship together. I know that they're not in relationship that are in business together. Yeah. What that's like, what happens? So here's one scenario that I see coming up and, um, it's the, I know better scenario Mm. of their, like both people have a stake in the solution or in the decision-making process because they're in business together. But it's the whole idea of I know better. And I feel like contempt comes in quite a bit in this in this situation of um, it's my way or the highway or um, this is my project, not your project, but I also have a stake in it. And it's just tough. Like decision-making processes are tough. You know it's funny. I actually bring this up because Ryan and I are thinking about franchising, um, buying a franchise. And so I'm, I'm like, should I do this? Should I screw up my marriage and go yeah. in on this with my husband? We'll see. Yeah. Well, let's, let's scenario it though, because I think, I think we're still a little bit nebulous about terms of what we're talking about. So well, we're talking big. about a couple that's married to each other yeah, and they work together. Mm-hmm. Um, and that of course can manifest in lots of different ways, right? They can franchise together and be co-owners. They right. can he can work for her. She can work for him in some kind mm-hmm. of like maybe part-time capacity. Uh, maybe they work out of their home. The reality though, is that they have created some dynamic, which is ultimately a dual relationship, right? Absolutely. We, we don't know often which hat to wear uh, either exclusively or simultaneously, right? Am, am, am I talking totally. to my coworker right now or am I talking mm-hmm. to my spouse right now? Right. And this is where it gets really messy. And then, that conversation sometimes looks like what you're beginning to describe, which is this idea of I'm, I know better or. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk, let's go down that road of just talking about this dual relationship of, um, 
what hat am I wearing? So here's one scenario that I see playing out. And that is two people who work from home all the time. So they're Uh in their home space, which can be quite confusing, but then they're also running a business together. And so it's even blurrier, more blurry, what Uh hat they're wearing. Am I, am I your husband Uh or am I your wife? Am I, am I your business partner nine to five, but then outside of those hours, are we man and wife? Um, And so the confines of working from home make it extra confusing for these folks. Uh Yeah. And it's the same thing, right? Like what part of our home is the office and what part of our home is the house, right? Do we do work in front of the television or do we do work only in the office? And I think again, when the lines are blurred or when they're, when, so let me back up just for one second, this idea of dual relationship, it it sounds like really obvious to you and me, but it, um, it's actually a therapeutic, um, sort of boundary or barrier Mm -hmm. that we have to hold meaning, if someone is our client, they can't also be on our soccer team or they right. can't also be, um, in our book club. Um, that, that creates this idea of dual relationship. And some people hold, hold that line like super tight, meaning they won't yeah. see clients that are at their church or they right. won't see clients that are, um, gosh, the one lady that works in my suite, she works here in this suite, but lives three towns away on purpose because she didn't yeah. want people who were local to her own neighborhood. Yeah. So, um, and I moving to Oregon, I was thinking about this. I have plenty of clients in Washington and Utah. And I thought, you know what? I just want to like keep Oregon sacred as Mm -hmm. like my space. So I don't think I'm going to license in Oregon so that I'm not going to run into somebody at the Whole Foods, which is even more strange when the only time you've ever seen them is through video conferencing. Mm -hmm. And then you see somebody's bottom half for the very first time. You're like, Oh my gosh, you have ankles. Yeah. So dual relationships are, are they, they create a natural confusion, which of course Mm -hmm. you want to avoid in therapy, but I think it's just as troubling at at your house. Right. Like, um, so that's, that's what that is about. So you mentioned something that I love, and I'm going to kind of go off on a little bit of a tangent, which is this idea of dual relationships and, and the need for having extra firm boundaries, or I wouldn't necessarily say firm, I would say extra clear boundaries, like an actual discussion of, Hey, um, and actually I've had this conversation with my husband. We don't work together, but we both work from home. And the boundary that he established was these are my office hours from seven until four. I'm not home. I am in the office. And even though you can walk in the door and you can talk to me when I'm not on a call, I don't want you to walk in and to talk to me unless you're serving me food, apparently is the (laughs) rule. But uh, that was like a clear boundary that he needed to establish. And, and on the flip side of that, I needed to turn off my wife brain because I found it difficult to relax when I was home because I was and an overburdened to be quite honest, because I was also wearing a wife hat every single hour of the day. Mm-hmm. I need a break from my wife hat. I need to be able to say, I'm not a wife right now. I'm just a, a Laura Heck employee and I'm working my business and doing this. Otherwise, I'm going to be thinking, I wonder if my husband's hungry. Well, if I'm going to make myself a sandwich, I might as well make him a sandwich because I'm sure he's hungry. And that's me playing the wife card, but I need a break. And I, I actually talked to, boy, you're not going to interject at all. You're just listening no. today. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm waiting for you to finish your story. So I was talking to another couple and they both um, own a business and both work from home and they both also um, are homeschooling their kids. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I know <laughs> I had the same thought. Um, and 
the the difficulty that they were having is that she was trying to be tuned in to her husband 100% of the time, like stay attuned to him. And I just told her, you need a break. You need to be able to say like right now, I can be attuned to my kids or I can be attuned to work or I can be attuned to my husband, but I'm not going to be able to be 100% attuned to all of these things throughout the day. And if you become a little more clear on your boundaries and say, husband, uh, I'm going to be doing kids right now, which means that mm. if I hear you moaning and groaning in the other room or you're doing something, I'm not going to be doing what is called turning toward. I'm not going to be turning toward in those moments because I'm mm. turning toward the kids. And I thought that that was really helpful for them in that moment to say, we need to establish some boundaries because we're trying to do everything at the same time. Mm-hmm. And unless we talk about it, there's going to be opportunity for misunderstanding, resentment. So establishing those hats that you wear. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I think the hats thing is really critical. Um, and it's easy for us to sit back and go, Hey, you just need to be clear about what hat you're wearing, you know? And, um, and I think that is a skill. I think you do have to learn how to do that and to say, you know, right now I'm this, these are my office hours and don't come in during this time. Did I ever tell you, I feel like, I feel like maybe I've talked about this, but, um, the, um, the idea of this playground in New York city, I tell you this, Mm-mm, I've never heard of it before. I think you have. And I, I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard of it. There's this, uh, there's this urban legend out of New York city, like on the Upper East side or something where there was a school that had a playground in the back and the playground was boarded by three streets. And so the school erected a fence to make sure that the kids were safe from the traffic on the streets, but the sure. neighborhood decided that they didn't like it and that they, that it was too ugly and it didn't fit the aesthetic of the, of the, the, the city block or whatever. So they took mm-hmm. the fence down. And what happened was, can you guess what happened? No. What happened was, um, usually people guess some kid ran into the street and got hit by a car. Yeah. That's actually not what happened. What happened was, uh, once the fence came down, all the kids huddled into the middle of the playground, um, because that's where it was safest. The fence actually made the playground bigger. So there was a boundary there but it actually right. made, made more room for them to be who they needed to be or who they wanted to be as children. And I use that a lot with, with people who are kind of like, Oh, I don't, I don't know about boundaries. I don't know what I feel about boundaries, but the reality is when there aren't, when there are none and when it's unclear, then mm-hmm. you either live in a much smaller space than you could, mm-hmm. or you end up, you know, running out into the street and getting hit. But, but really the, the point is that really clear boundaries actually give you a bigger place to operate or more room to operate in. And so yeah. if you knew, for example, or as you do in your house, that seven to four is the boundary, then mm-hmm. from four to seven, you get a lot more play play time with Ryan, right? Like, yeah. Because he's not like, yeah. oh, let me take this call or, oh, let me do this or, oh, let me do that or hold on a second. I got to devote some mental energy to this thing. Um, and people well, that, sometimes that, don't realize that. That reminds me a lot of the idea that if you want to get a lot of work done, you don't take your work home. Like you think, man, my my day at the office is nine hours long, but I'm constantly taking 12 hours worth of work onto my plate, which means that when I get home, I have to pull my bag out, pull my briefcase out, start mm. working. And I work, you know, once people go to bed. But the truth is, if you establish firm boundaries and you say, I'm here at the office for nine hours. And during those nine hours, I'm going to get everything done. And when I'm done at work, I close my computer and I leave work at work. And studies actually show that people who do that, who respect the boundary of work at work, home at home, get more done because Mm -hmm. there's a boundary there. 
And I mean, I, I do think of it in that way too, is that I become a mom at 3 p.m. Uh, like my, my work day ends at three and my kid goes to bed at seven. And I recognize that that's four precious. That's right. He goes to bed at seven. Everyone who's like, what? No way. That's right. I'm in bed by seven 30 folks. It's amazing. Uh, but I get four hours to play with him and that's four precious hours out of my day. Uh, and because I know that that's the only amount of time that I'm going to have him with him that day, I make the most out of it. We ride bikes we do dinner is special. But I like the idea of making the most out of the boundary that you have and, and have established. What do you know or think about um, when my my partner is my boss? It's that one's a tough one. That one's tough. We went through that actually. You and I went through that where we weren't partners, but um, uh, it was a weird dynamic. Do you remember when we were working oh, at the at, Gottman yeah, Institute? Yeah. Didn't yeah. work for us at all. Mm-hmm. There is, there are no bosses in this. There, there's brother and sister, but there are no bosses. The, um, yeah. So let's say he owns a business and she works part time uh, doing some bookkeeping mm-hmm. or something. Um, mm-hmm. And that dynamic exists. Have you seen that, or how do you how do you manage that, or how do you uh, think about that? Yeah, I have seen that. It's tough. It's really tough. Um, the one that I have seen is uh, one partner has a business that takes off and they actually need more help than what they're able to hire for at the moment. Mm-hmm. And so the husband or the wife pitches in and they still have a full-time job. They do the nine to five and then they come home and then they pitch in. And I put that in quotations because it almost doesn't feel like a commitment. It's sort of like the, yeah, if I'm available, if I have the time, if the kids don't have a soccer game, then I'll go ahead and, you know, do the books or do your um, social media or whatever. I'll help you out with your business. And um, that one's tough because Here's here are my thoughts. I think that you need to be the ruler of your own domain and that you need to have some sense of ownership. So if your partner is your boss and and they have an idea of how they want things to be done and they're passing it down to you, that's where I think it gets to be pretty difficult. You have that hierarchy established. But if your partner says, look, you're you are the owner of social media, you do it the way you see fit. And I have no say, but you are the owner of this. That's where I think it becomes more helpful that that way you're not establishing that hierarchy, but you're more of like a project owner as opposed Mm to a boss boss. What are your thoughts? Do you have thoughts on that? I guess I'm thinking a little bit more broadly in the sense that like, if it's part of a larger pattern in the relationship where there's, where there's a power imbalance, like that Mm -hmm. he always has more power, um, because he's louder or because he makes more money or because he owns the business and she only works part time or because, you know, yeah. he is stubborn or whatever. And we could flip that over easy as pie to make it about yeah. her being the one that has more power. But I think mm-hmm. if it's, a, if it's a theme of power imbalance, that's where it becomes really problematic. Um, and so my thought is almost like if, if during the hat wearing the, the, the business hat wearing time, one of them is clearly, uh, sort of the, the one up, um, versus right. say the one down, then what opportunities does the other have to be one up in other parts of the relationship? Like when they clock out, yeah. does she get mm-hmm. to, you know, I almost have this like weird image of like be dominant in bed or, or, or like make him, um, do the dishes or something like not, not quite make, but c- can they agree that they're going to, they're going to distribute power throughout the relationship because it's okay. not so much. This person is my boss. 
Um, mm-hmm. It's more like this person has uh, power over me or this person has, um, you know, a sense of superiority or hierarchy over me. And I think yeah. that's, that's the place where real pain is. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. it doesn't, sometimes the, the reason I'm thinking about this is because I have a couple that, that they're basically business partners in a very successful business. Um, and uh, he, uh, let's see, how do I want to say this? And he is kind of the face of the business. So while they're both, um, while they're both um, sort of equal partners, he definitely feels like he's got more stake in it. Um, and so the, the theme is that he's wielding a little bit more kind of influence or power that she doesn't really kind of jam with or jive with. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's actually consistent among the rest of their relationship. And so it's hard to figure out how to solve that with just hats you know, it's not yeah. like it's, it's a, just a hat issue. It's more like a, mm-hmm. Hey, how do we, how do we uh, begin to appreciate each other as, as co-equals in a larger mission, which is not the business. It's right. It's the business of raising a family perhaps. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Kind of I think those questions have to be exposed, you know, because yeah. Yeah. The bigger, the bigger mission. And that's probably a, a whole nother topic for us to chat about. Um, I'm thinking about not co-owners of a business, but two people who argue about the other person either getting in their lane so that like you operate and you have your lanes. And I think, you know, you've talked about in your relationship with Rebecca, you do all the bookkeeping. And I know that you enjoy that part. You're a little crazy about it with us as well. Um, or a little OCD about bookkeeping and finances. And that's your lane. And right now we're doing a remodel on the house. And my husband has basically said, Hey, it's all your lane, girl. Like I have no say in this. This is yours. You take the lead. And, um, and that's the interesting part that I'm thinking about of, of like your hats or like knowing what lane you're in. What are you, what are you responsible for? And how can you be really clear about those roles of what your responsibilities are? And also when they begin, when they end. Yeah. I guess it comes back to if you're going to be in business with your partner, you have a special burden of communication, you know? Um, I love it. The special burden. I mean, you do. I mean, you have to work that much harder to make sure that the things that are normal for all couples, like creating boundaries and understanding what your lane is and understanding what, you know, how you're going to talk to each other. You have to differentiate between the fact that you, you have a couple of dual motives, right? One of your motives Mm -hmm. is to assume uh, I'm assuming is to stay married. The other one is to make enough money to fund your, fund your marriage. Right. And so that happens through your, your work. And it can just be really delicate and complicated. And I think um, that's not all that different. Uh, yeah, I think it's not all that different sometimes than being in a blended family where, again, you have kind of dual or competing loyalties um, yeah. when it comes to kind of what it takes to run this family. Yeah, I think, just think you have to be incredibly intentional and have those conversations and in a much more deliberate way. like. Right now we're going to sit down and this is a business meeting. And and so maybe you have guidelines around what that kind of business conversation looks like. I mean, we talk about all the time, if you're going to have a stress reducing conversation, you're going to label the conversation. If you're going to have a problem solving conversation, you're going to label the conversation yeah. and you just have to be so stinking deliberate about who's showing up to the table um, because you, you know how to show up, you know, what your role is in either husband, wife or wife, wife, husband, husband, whatever, by the way. So I have this little, (laughs) has this been distracting at all? I chose to ignore it about 10 minutes ago. 
Sorry. Um, <laughs> I found this. I think my dog brought it in. It's one of those mini hands that tiny fits hands, on yeah. your on a tiny hand that fits on your finger. And it's been my like fidget toy working with clients and nobody has mentioned it. And it's been on the end of my pen. So you just see it down here. Yeah. Like that. That's really different than when you're using it to rub your face. I know. Yeah. Well, it just feels good to touch your face with a tiny hand. Yeah. If you've never tried it, look, peekaboo is kind of fun with a tiny hand. <laughs> All right, let's be done. I'm losing it. Okay. I'm losing it. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. Hey, you know that Zach and I are both bookworms, so I'm going to give you a book. If you're interested in tightening up the boundaries of your relationship, check out the book called Boundaries. And uh, it's written by John Townsend and Henry Cloud. You can find it wherever books are sold. But more importantly, thank you so much for all of the time and attention that you're putting toward making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.